how can we increase the chances that our audience will truly get what we mean? With clarity. I'm Daphna. Welcome to Let's Clarify It, where we'll explore how to communicate our innovative ideas in ways that lead to the results and impact we set out to achieve. Every day we encounter so many opportunities for meaningful exchanges. Let's make the most of them by being perfectly clear. Within the healthcare system, with so very many diverse players communicating with one another, patients with doctors, doctors with administrators, primary care doctors with specialists, vendors with anyone, when any real communication takes place, it's pretty amazing. And Danny Health Hats Van Leeuwen would know, he wears many of the health ecosystem hats in parallel himself. As a registered nurse of 45 years, a leader of massive electronic health records implementation projects, a care partner, a person with multiple sclerosis, a patient caregiver activist, a Latin band baritone saxophonist, and a super cool grandfather. Danny knows that since best health is a journey, you're never really there. You're always somewhere along the way. That being the case, what's important is how we make choices about our health and medical care and how we communicate medical information to all our partners at each step of the process. Join us for episode 22 of Let's Clarify It, in which Danny shares what an EKG has to do with the Indian parable of the blind men and the elephant, how his wonderful neurologist defined his job when they met, and what he learned from his grandson, the dinosaur aficionado, about relative expertise. Curious? Let's clarify it. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> so good to see you. And I still can't wait for us to meet up in person. I don't even mind if it's in Israel or in the States, but just hopefully soon in best health. There you go. So maybe for our listeners who don't yet know you and aren't yet your friends, like I have the privilege of being, maybe tell them what it is that you do. So I'm known as Health Hats. And I'm known as Health Hats because I am a person with multiple sclerosis. I have been care partner to several family members' end-of-life journey. I've been a registered nurse for more than 45 years. I have led several electronic health record implementations. So I'm considered an informaticist. I have been in the C-suite of healthcare. I wear a lot of hats. And the way I advertise myself on my podcast is that I'm a two-legged cisgender old white man of privilege who knows a little bit about a lot of healthcare and a lot about not that much. Very, very cool definition. And who would you say are your audiences at this point? And what are your messages to those audiences? Well, my audience reflects the hats. So it's a fairly eclectic audience, which is fun and challenging because I'm communicating, 
I need to be sort of a Rosetta Stone of healthcare and communicate what I care about, what's interesting, what people's stories are, so that that variety can appreciate and hear the content. My audience, again, is that eclectic group. And what I try to communicate is that best health is a journey that you're never really there. What's important is how we make choices about our health and our medical care and how we communicate health information, that we support each other in that process, and we share what works. Super. And what's the importance of clarity in all of that? Well, healthcare in general is amazingly unclear. Unclear in that the idea that almost any of the stakeholders can talk to each other is amazing. That even if you were to say, well, how patients talk to doctors, how doctors talk to administrators, how vendors talk to anybody, but then it's, you know, a cardiologist communicating with a primary care doc. It's me in the United States sharing with somebody in Israel. There's so many permutations. That's really a challenge. I actually think, um, I don't know that the goal is clarity. I think the goal is clarity to somebody. You know, it sort of depends. So Defining who the specific audience is that is most important to you to con communicate a message at that moment? Yes. Yes, but I think that this is something I'm just learning more and more about, which is that communication is bidirectional. So mostly in healthcare, when people talk about communication, they talk about this is what I know, and I want you to know it. Well, let's just be really grandiose and say 40% of communication is listening. Who knows? Maybe it's 70%. Maybe it's 20%. But it's a big chunk. And so I think that as hard as the unidirectional is, the bidirectional is that much harder. For sure. And especially, as you said, in multidisciplinary and multicultural settings, and even within the United States itself, you have so many different yeah. Yeah. types of right. audiences that you're communicating with. Right. Very interesting. And I'm sure that it serves the people that you help very well, that you're so attuned to it and so sensitive to it. Can you think of a time that you thought that you were being clear in your communication, but then it turned out that you were actually being misunderstood? Well, actually, my favorite example has to do with my marriage. <laughs> and that we are going to celebrate our 46th anniversary in a week. Woo! My wife and I built a house together, like literally built the whole house, top to bottom, everything but dig the well. And we went through many years of having this low intensity, sometimes high intensity disagreement about paneling. She hated it. I loved it. And we ended up figuring out after years that she meant 
four by eight sheets of paneling and I meant real wood. And it turned out we agreed the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find that out? I, I don't remember. It was a pretty important aha. So if only each of you had been more specific, then yeah. you would have saved yourselves a long Or like ask a question, <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? Show me a piece of paneling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. At the other extreme, can you think of yeah. a time when you actually felt like you were being very clear and that that clarity served you well in achieving a goal that you set out for yourself and that it was thanks to that clear communication that you managed to achieve it? I think that a very clear communication occurred early in my diagnosis of having MS. I was blessed with a neurologist who started with, I know a ton about treating populations of people who have multiple sclerosis, and I don't know crap about you. So my job is to learn about you, and your job is to learn about multiple sclerosis. So he sent me home with I want you to come back and I want you to come back and tell me what's important in your life. And I came back with, I want to progress as slowly as possible. I don't want to mess with my pathological optimism. I want to keep playing the saxophone. I want to hang out with my grandkids. And he was like, okay, I can work with that. And so that was the basis of many decisions. Like just, okay, this is happening here are our choices. Let's see, how does it affect these things? So that was some really clear communication. Sounds like it led to lots of beautiful things. And here you are playing with your grandkids and playing saxophone, right? How, how long ago was that? 12 years. So thank God it seems to be working. Good for yes. you for all the effort yeah. that you're putting in to make it work. That's great. Okay. Do you have role models who are people that you think of as really clear communicators that when you think of the ability to deliver a message in a way that resonates, in a way that you're sure the audience got it, you're like, whoa, they figured out how to do that. I've had a couple of bosses who I thought were really good communicators. And maybe I thought they were really good communicators because they had the confidence to handle me. I was never an easy employee. My first really good boss was a fellow named Jim Bulger, and he was the executive director of a managed behavioral health care company. And he was really clear in that he would say, first of all, I would be an idiot not to listen to you. I hired you. And second is the default is I trust you. And that really made it so that everything else could proceed in terms of communication. So even when something happened that could have violated that trust, you know, when maybe I was indiscreet about a piece of information I might have had, we still were able to communicate and talk about it in that context. So it isn't like I thought that he had, you know, he was really a good presenter or a good writer. I mean, although he was a good salesperson, but it, it was that being clear about trust and empowering me, which then is the foundation. Which also goes back to the point you made before about the importance of listening. It also sounds like this is a person who wanted to listen to you. 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I was, you know, I felt like I was able to use that in my career. It also made me a lot more confident in hiring people who thought differently than I did. You know, it got me wanting to hire to fill the gaps that were me. Which is something you feel like he taught you how to do by yes. hiring you? Yes. Right. Nice. Have there been times along your career and in your life where you feel like you've had to explain something very complicated that it's going to be challenging for the audience to understand and you need to figure out a way of making it accessible to them? Oh, yeah. I think an example of that, I mean, I think that's healthcare. That's just the story of healthcare. And I'd say an example is pretty much everybody in healthcare that I'm aware of on a professional level are really full of themselves. I think it's a requirement in a way, you know, to have that confidence and be full of yourself. And so it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because people who don't have all the initials after their names have less respect and are less listened to. And the way I finally was able to speak to that was to tell a story about my six-year-old grandson, who at the time was a, a dinosaur aficionado. He and his dad studied dinosaurs endlessly. I mean, seriously studied dinosaurs. And so I was trying to be the silly opa and tell him that his aunt, Kate, was a herbivore. And he goes, oh, opa, she's an omnivore. She's not an herbivore. And I said, but she's a vegetarian. She doesn't eat meat. Oh, Opa, she can eat meat. And I thought at that moment, this six-year-old was the expert in the room. So expertise is, he had a 15-minute advantage on me. And so I think that people really like that story. I often talk about expertise to people. And I use that story and it always, I mean, what's not to, you know, it's self-deprecating. It's a kid, you know, it works. Totally. Totally. So if we only look at things through the kind of pure and unpretentious eyes of a six-year-old, then they won't be too complicated and we'll be able to explain them with generosity to other people. Well, I don't want to go so far as to say that. <laughs> Uh, but in this particular incident, yes. Nice, nice. So dinosaurs. Okay. And do you have a favorite analogy or a metaphor that you use sometimes when you're explaining something to somebody from a different field, maybe yeah. some concept in healthcare? Is it like something else that people yes. are familiar with from a different field? I like to um, use the analogy of an EKG that an EKG, a 12-lead EKG, is 12 different views on the same organ. So the squiggly lines look different, but I liken it to there's a heart in the middle of the room and there's 12 different windows in it from all directions, and people are seeing the same thing. A similar is the parable of the elephant and the blind men. And I think that either of those are very rich analogies. People who know what an EKG is, then that's a good analogy. And the elephant and the blind men. So one of those two work in the idea of there's lots of perspectives. Because technically, each one of the leads during an EKG gives a little bit of a different 
part of the picture. It gives one yes. piece. And yes. it's only the aggregate of all the leads that provide the full picture that a cardiologist or a technician reads? Yes. Great. Okay. So I definitely, I knew I was going to learn cool stuff from you. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Okay. So the multiple perspectives. So we talked about the importance of clarity in your field. Would you say that there have been some big communication challenges that you've had to overcome? I know that now you're on this committee that does some interesting work. Do you feel sometimes like there are some big communication challenges that you have to overcome to get your message across to some of the different audiences? Well, I've learned to be as mindful as possible about communication. Sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm not. And that's just the way it is. Actually, when you're not, that's really good information because, hey, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? What else can you do? I think that one of the challenges and where I, I was least successful was often being a nurse and being a nurse leader in two respects. One is that it isn't all about nursing because nurse leaders often think it is so much about nursing and it's just one part of it. There's so much else. And the other is that in this country, I don't know about your country, but here the tendency is to raise the level of entry into the field of nursing. So it used to be you could become a nurse by working at a hospital and take what's called a diploma program. You could take a, like what I did, which was an associate degree, which was a two-year degree. Then there's a bachelor's degree, a four-year degree. And the tendency has been to increase what it takes to enter into nursing. And I've always thought that was insane, inequitable, and self-defeating. I have made no friends with that approach. None at all. Because to people, it's a sign of respect that you need a bachelor's to get into nursing. And I think, well, you know, everybody can't start with a bachelor's degree. That I would rather see how many different ways can you become a nurse and then grow instead of having a higher level of entry. I think it's important that nurses reflect the people they care for. And I've never figured out how to communicate that at all. Like you that's, just did. You just did beautifully. Yeah, but not to... Okay, so that's like, you know, an exercise in me sharing what I think. But I mean, why do people share? People share because they're getting to know each other. They're sharing because they're trying to motivate a change. In the latter, I did nothing. And in the former, mostly there was like no interest. Would you estimate that the result of the fact that there's a growing demand for accreditation is the direct result of that a severe shortage in enough nurses? I think there's a shortage that's only going to get worse from COVID. I think, again, it shuts out diverse groups. So in the wake of COVID, could there potentially be a movement towards creating programs that would now enable, since people recognize the need for additional medical staff? I think it's, well, it's a technically possible, but I personally think we're going to learn almost nothing from COVID. The human beings are not really learning animals on any kind of systemic basis. It would be a pleasant surprise but I think unlikely. Wow. I hope we do learn some things. I hope some, we'll some see, collective right? learning. Yeah. I hope some collective learning can come out of it. What's your favorite kind of communication, Danny? You communicate with so many audiences in so many different ways. What's your favorite? Well, I think person to person direct. Yeah. 
Do you find that your music is a way of communicating with audiences as well? I don't know how much my music is. Yeah, maybe. And do you think of your podcast as a means of communicating? Oh, I do. I do. But you're asking my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think my favorite is person to person. And podcasting is a sort of person to person when it's an exchange. So it isn't always an exchange. You know, sometimes it's on mic, meaning just me spewing my whatever it is I think. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom was the word you were looking for. <laughs> Sometimes. Thank you. <laughs> now that you're vaccinated and hopefully a lot of the people in your surroundings, do you do any interviewing in person? Can you actually go meet with people that you want to interview before COVID? Did you do some of your interviews? I did some of it. Some, a small percentage. I mean, early on, I would go to a conference and I'd meet with somebody and I'd bring my stuff with me and do some interviews. Sometimes I would record a presentation and use parts of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's nice about podcasting is there's different styles and approaches to take. For sure. Terrific. Okay. So Danny, maybe just leave us with your favorite communication tip, maybe something that you received or have learned over the years, something that you find is helpful, something that maybe a researcher or an entrepreneur or someone listening to us might think, huh, yeah, that could be a helpful way of improving my effectiveness in communicating with my audience. First, we listen. That was a slogan or tagline at an organization I worked for, Advocates, Inc. We supported about 23,000 persons with disabilities, and their tagline was, first we listen. I thought that was very honorable. Fantastic. Denny, thank you so much. Thanks for your insights. Thanks for your time. And I can't wait to meet you in person. So you let me know whether you're still heading to Israel at some point or whether- It's, It's on our list. Yeah. Like where and when, and I don't know. Well, we're waiting to roll out the red carpets for you here. Oh, yeah, thank and, you. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. And otherwise, I'll definitely come see you in the States at some point. All thank right. you so much. Very good. Well, thank Have you. Have a great I'm summer. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thanks for being here with us on Let's Clarify It. I hope you found it helpful. If there are specific topics you'd love to hear covered or you'd like help clarifying your own message, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me on letsclarify.it. In the meantime, be sure to take good care and clarify your messages to amplify your impact.